You're listening to a Mutiny Transmission. You can find more podcasts, videos, books, comics, and records online at mutinyinfocafe.com. Or just stop in the store in Denver and have a coffee sometime. And, uh, and this that is, was Punch Out. That was Mike Tyson's Punch Out. This is gonna be our next cover on an episode of Motherfucking Monday. Is it really? That would be fucking cool. That would be pretty tight. Uh, mini bosses already did it though. Fuck the mini bosses. Like, fuck Power Glove. Fuck all of them, man. It's been done, man. It's a lot of fun to play. Yeah, it, it is really, really cool. And I, I would be down to do one. Like, if you were gonna do a song from a video game, would that be? Um, What's gonna hold stink on. Stink in here. Before I take a hit of this, Tony got. An experimental joint. I, I found him on the ground. Did you really find this on no, the ground? I bought him from the store. Well, Tony, Tony got an experimental joint from the weed store, and so this podcast is either about to get really funny or really bad, depending on. I think it's just going to depend on you. Because Tony deliberately brought this <laughs> the strongest one I could find. The strongest one he could find to run an experiment on me, but he did bring me a McDonald's apple pie. Yeah, I figured that calm you down afterwards. You yeah. Know? So let's see how this goes. Does it taste any different to you? You'll take it easy, Holmes. Oh, it just tastes like a joint. You'll take it easy, Holmes. I have smoked hash before. With me, I understand. So what is what is so special about these joints? Nothing. It's just, it's just high percentage uh, weed with a uh, uh, hash wax in there. See, and this is this is something. It's, it's just whatever. They, they had a special on it, so I bought it. That's all. It was. This is wow. That does taste really strong. Really, and hashy. it is getting really yeah, in here. baby. Look at this stuff. Wow, um, oh, man. Uh, and and, and and there's something I want to talk about with relationship to that with the super strong weed um, later on in the intro here. Uh, but first of all, I wanted to say thank you for listening. Thank you for telling your friends. Thank you for rating and reviewing and, and subscribing. You. Thank you so much for doing it. It really means the world, guys. Um, yeah, we're here at Nug Nation Studios. Uh, we're the I think the only ones here right now besides um, Joy, our director of operations, and HR. And we tried to complain to her because yeah. we saw Mikey's dick. Mikey pulled his dick out yeah, and stretched it out. He stretched us out, I think, just to show us how far he could. And we tried to complain to HR, and they said that technically, since we're not paid, yeah, 
Um, it's not sexual harassment in the workplace. Since we're pretty much just playing I still office. See the bumps from 50 feet away, though. Yeah, it was pretty bad. I think he just keeps silly putty in his boxer shorts for the sole purpose of doing that joke and like stretching it out. And like from a distance, you can't really tell. You know what Which I mean? Is, it, it looks like he, he's got gum stuck to his watch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what it looked like, man. It's like, ah, your, your watch stepped in gum. <coughs> Except it doesn't have feet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, oh, but what we were talking about, about Punch-Out, like, if you did, like, a Mini Bosses song, right? Would you consider, or no, if you did a A Nintendo Nintendo song, but you did the Mini Bosses version of it, like, their arrangement, would you consider it doing a Nintendo song or doing a Mini Bosses cover? Uh, Because it is their arrangement. It's their arrangement, I guess, yeah. There's not much to the arrangement, really. It's it's the I mean it's, it's all a Casio keyboard, right? I mean, or is it not a Casio? Well, it's 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 all, it, it's, all it's all MIDI music, and they just took the bass and put it on a bass, which player, is what eight t- bit. And they took anything that was on the higher frequency and put it on two distorted guitars, and then they put a drummer behind it, and that's that's the whole kit and caboodle right there. Yeah, like the 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 bass line. The, you know, I actually thought of this one time when I was listening to the mini bosses. I was like, I know how they taught themselves the bass lines. They just paused the game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because whenever you pause like an old school Nintendo game, it goes like. Unpause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, wait, hold on. Let me figure out that baseline real quick. I think it changes at this part. Yeah. And then you go back into the game. Mm. I always liked Little Mac's uh, pink jumpsuit that he was jogging in in between bouts. I always thought. Um, and Fat Albert chasing him on a bike. What what's the name of the trainer dude? Oh hell! Because oh, it's Mac and Doc, right? Yes. Yeah. I always thought the Doc was God a little. Damn. Can't believe you got me on that one. Like for a guy who rides a bicycle as much as he does, like yeah, tra- he's training, big. he's a pretty hefty dude. Like, is he pretty much, unless he's training a fighter, is he just... Laying in bed eating cheeseburgers? Yeah, yeah, laying in bed eating cheeseburgers, man. God, I wish. I can only hope. Because in that case, one's got to wonder, like, what keeps him going to the gym to train fighters anyway, and what makes fighters think he's a reliable source to get fitness advice like from? Like trying to, trying to get your financial information from a homeless guy? But what if what if you found a homeless guy? What if you found, uh, what is it, Randolph Mortimer? Yeah, yeah, Right yeah. after they were homeless. And, like, and they started giving you financial advice. Or like, like if it was someone who was a financial genius, but they were choosing to be homeless, they're like, I already did it. I already made the billions and I got bored and decided to stop, start from the bottom just to, like, have a little challenge in my life. Could be. Like, that was their thing. Well, that, that's the whole premise of, uh, like, trading places, isn't it? I guess unbeknownst to Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want to see if what would happen if it's they— It's environmental they, studies. Yeah, it's an environmental study. There was another movie where they did that, too. Yeah, which what was it? Was it Brewster's Millions? Oh, yeah. No, because no, Richard Pryor had to spend like $30 million in order to do that. He was like rich and he was trying to – he had to spend $30 million in order to get the – or he had to spend a million dollars in order to get the $30 million or wasn't some, there something another, like that. Wasn't there another movie like Trading Places though where they like were running an experiment to see if a, yeah. a broke guy could become rich in the right circumstances? Yeah, and I can't remember what the fuck movie it is. Yeah. Well, better look next time. 
Um, this this joint's pretty awesome. <laughs> you like it? Okay, huh? so initial impressions, because because let's be clear to the listener. When you came in, I was completely clear eyed. Like so was I was I. completely clear eyed working in the office, and you were completely clear eyed. Absolutely clear. Like this is the first smoke of the day. It is my first smoke of the day. And we're able to carry on a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not as strong as I thought it would be. No. Well, I mean, we're only a quarter of the way through it. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like at what I normally the only this is, this is like usually all where I you need. Stop. Yeah, this is normally this where is, I would this stop. This is usually where you stop. Oh, are you going to you going to do this like a dad trying to get his kid to smoke cigarettes? You're going to gonna stop, make me smoke the to whole stop thing. Smoking cigarettes? Yeah. Uh no, I'm just going to keep smoking and if you want some you can have some. Okay. Would okay. you like some? Yeah, I'll have a all little. All right. <laughs> so, um what else we got? So we had a uh, I saw you for the first time since Thanksgiving uh, on Sunday. That's right. Yeah. Well, how was your Thanksgiving, man? It was great, man. The Zelensky family does a big Thanksgiving every year. It's like uh, Laura's family, their big holiday is Thanksgiving. My my family, my mom's big holiday is Christmas. And uh, we're not going to be home for Christmas, so we kind of put the two together and uh, had a big feast. Shrek, Shrek stays up overnight every Thanksgiving and smokes smokes some meat. Every every every. Thanksgiving. What kind of meat does he smoke? Usually, like a, like a pork butt is what he did this time. Ah, oh, that sounds good. He said he got two pork butts, each cheek. <laughs> it's gotta be. Well, they don't have a crack, so I guess I don't know. But uh, I, I, he's done ribs. He's done, uh, you know, chopped brisket or whatever. <clears throat> but that's his. <clears throat> that's his thing. He stays up. He starts cooking about, you know, nine ten ten at night, and then stays up overnight all the way until, after dinner. And then he goes to sleep for like a couple hours, then wakes up and starts jamming and drinking and hanging out. So you guys do that instead of a turkey? You like do a big? No, there's a turkey as well. There's a turkey as well and a big smoked pork oh, something. Yeah. There's a, a, a crazy amount of food. That is the most fucking Midwestern Thanksgiving I can think of. It's like, yeah, we do it a turkey and then we also roast a pork butt. Then we have uh, my grandma makes her famous stuffing with Polish sausage inside so, of it. Since grandma's no longer around, uh, Megan made all the grandma pies. What are the grandma pies? Oh, apple, pumpkin, and something else. God damn. Delicious. That sounds good. There was a bunch of people there, That's too. That's making me I mean, want to eat then, this apple pie that you brought me. Oh, yeah. I brought you the apple pie, buddy. Thanks, man. Just so you don't freak out, you know? Oh, I won't freak out. I've, I'm... I'm getting I guess, to the I guess at worst we could just hit delete on the track. Well, dude, I'm getting I'm getting to the point in my in my smoking, because really, okay, man, it is smoking in here. Because because just to clarify, like for for folks who don't know, my my guidelines are pretty much like this: I don't drink alcohol. Nope. I like like I taste liquors, I taste beers and stuff like that at work. Yeah. I don't use cocaine. No. I won't use That's both of us. I probably I probably wouldn't use MDMA. No, I might use pre I, I might use pure MDMA, but I don't know what circumstance would necessarily call for it. Like it's not a drug that I would seek out. I can't think of a circumstance in which you, I would seek it out. Have have you done ecstasy before? I've done ecstasy before a long time ago. And I've done MDMA one time since I stopped drinking. So I have done it. It was like four, maybe five years ago, something like that. Um, Dan, the acid man, gave it to me, my acid guy. Mm. (laughs) So I won't do those. I will do mushrooms once, 
They're not maybe people. twice a year, if mm-hmm. if if the if it's what I would consider a potentially shamanic experience. That's kind of my rule for mushrooms. Like yeah. going to see an incredible concert, and even when we went to those last Ween shows, I didn't take anything because I felt like I'd already done it. Yeah, you but know wasn't that I mean? your first time not taking anything at a Ween show? Yeah, and and it was like my feeling was I've I've done that. You know I what see. I mean? If I if I do it when it's not kind of a like a a medicinal experience, then it just seems like I'm I'm just I'm partying on that drug. You know what I mean? Like yeah. doing. I mean, Doing you, you truffles get, when we're finishing up a tour. That's another one that I've done. Yeah, that's one of your rituals. Yeah, you, you know, like like integrating the trip with like some truffles or something like that. Now, it is fun as fuck. I'm not going to lie. There are, are recreational applications for it, but I, I try to keep myself in check. And I, and I smoke weed. Since when? But I don't smoke weed like as heavily as you do. Yeah. But I've gotten to the point where my tolerance is such that I can I can sit and smoke something like this with you and it started to more or less uh, balance out like I don't get the the anxiety that I got before that being said <laughs> and here comes the wave of anxiety just I've, flushing over no 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 that being said I've been learning a lot about how um, I've been learning a lot about how like growing techniques have specifically been gradually like breeding out, like increasing the levels of THC and yeah. lowering the levels of CBD in pot, right? Uh, now, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the like CBD, the chemical CBD is supposed to balance the effects of THC. Like it basically gives you a lot of the body high stuff and uh, smooths out the anxiety. So what ends up happening is as these companies build up these higher levels of THC, the levels of CBD are shrinking. And so the anxiety is chemically elevated. Hmm. The reason they do this they're going to start doing this or they're Well, it's dead? like no, this is this is what's been happening gradually for the last couple decades. The reason they do this is because it's like the 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 2080 rule of marketing, right? Where 20% of your customers are drinking 80% of the beer if you're a beer company, all right? 20% of weed users are smoking 80% of the weed, right? And they are heavy users and they do it a lot and they want weed that's going to get them higher and higher. So because of the laws of supply and demand and marketing and all that, these companies are deliberately trying to service these people who want the like most potent shit out there. But those of us who are just regular consumers out there walking around thinking we're going to smoke a joint like we're in fucking eighth grade <laughs> and get a little high and watch some cartoons and laugh, we smoke this yeah. shit and it blows our minds apart, dude. And this, I think it's I think it's moved on from there. Like you 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 don't smoke that much at all. No, no, I don't. I and mean, I, I, a couple smoke, times a week. I smoke regularly compared to the average person. I think. 
But then there's people who smoke like a crazy amount. Oh yeah, that's that's like way more than I smoke, and, th- and they moved on from. Like I, I like to just have a stash and fucking roll it up, man. Like that's like these nineteen-year-old like, kids. These, these guys, these guys who figured out how to like boil it down and concentrate it and concentrate it some more and concentrate it some more, and then they're that's exactly smoking my point. It like crack. I've never seen weed look like drugs until I moved to Colorado. That's exactly my point. And that, that stuff is fucking insane. The products are being designed for heavy users. Right, that's, so that's it's an exceptionally it's, heavy user. Right, that's so it's crazy. it's like the alcohol industry, like the beer industry. It's kind yeah. of an it's kind of an abuse based market. You I know guess. what I mean? Now this came up today because now we're here at the Nug Nation. <laughs> yeah, we're at right Where honestly, dude, our bills are paid by brands and cannabis content distribution people and all of yeah. that, right? But nobody here really smokes that much, if any. Right. But here's the thing. We were writing a thing today where we were talking about... um, This thing right here? Yeah, there's the scripts right in front of you. But basically, we we wrote this thing that was about how uh, Canada beat the United States to the punch in terms of... In terms of uh, decriminalization and and complete decriminalized, uh, like fe- federal decriminalization, and like recreational is legal, like for for adults over in Canada, right? But here's what Canada did in a truly Canadian fashion. This is like this is the most Canadian thing, dude. They're like. They're like, okay, but, you know, we're going to be reasonable here, and we're not going to get out of control. And so all the companies, they're, they're, they can sell their pot, but it's all got to be in the same bag. And they do these, like, everything looks like it's either in a black box. Yeah, just a, gener- a generic or, container. Or a generic, or a generic white bag with a gigantic yellow warning label on it, and then brands can only put a one colored logo like basically just their printed name up in the like upper right hand corner that's the law in canada now right so it's a, it's a super like reasonable can- canadian thing to do it's like it's like all right well we don't think that people should go to jail for it and we think this thing should be legal but we're not going to jump on the bandwagon and start celebrating it okay we're going to handle this in a real responsible way you know <laughs> so um and we're talking about it, and Mike's kind of going. He's he's kind of going. He's going, man, that sucks. He's like the, the the capitalist in me is just like, man, it just fucks brands and and marketing and 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 all this stuff. And the, dude, these are people that pay our bills, and I'm still uh, at the same time sitting there going. And I said to him, I was like, the punk rocker in me is like. Man, fuck you and fuck your brands and 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 fuck all that shit. Good for you, Canada, for leveling the playing field. But how is a punk rock and you like celebrating the government control over that? No, 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 no. I'm I'm celebrating the fact that they are making a reasonable, uh, a, 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 a even socialist move. For as far as their country is concerned, they're like they're like okay, we're not going to send people to jail for uh, jail for anything uh, or f- for possession of weed. We're just going to allow it for legal sale to any adult, and that's that's like a reasonable common sense piece of legislation, right? But they're not going to let corporations influence that market. That to me 
is very cool because when like corporations are influencing those markets, when brands are influencing those markets, the strains become directed at making it as potent as they possibly can so that they're servicing the like most heavy users like the people who pro- like the people who are smoking weed crack and shit like that the 19 year old kids Those that crazy are walking dabs man dude i worked with a guy he had like a fucking pelican case i've seen that with a fucking dab rig in it oh mm-hmm. a dipper you a like, dipper you, they you call it but it's like all foam on the inside oh yeah like that's I, fucking crazy. I told him that I was like, like that's a glass rose man dude i was like i told him i was like i have a case like that that I used to carry my wireless transmitter and receiver for my in-ear monitor system. Yeah. And you've got a fucking pipe in that thing, dude. Yeah. Like, if you're lugging around your pipe, like, it's like a piece of, like, gear? <laughs> like, I, I don't know, man. I don't it, know. That's, that's a bit much. So, yeah, Uncle, I don't Uncle, smoke Uncle weed Jay, like Uncle that. Uncle Jay was smoking dabs a whole lot when uh, he was living at the house before I moved in. Did you do that show with us, the White Fudge gig we did at um, the Oriental when uh, we played, like, the big indoor smoke-out thing? It was, like, a some dispensaries I, party. Was this years ago? Yeah, it was years ago. Okay. That might have been the first time I ever did dabs was at that show. Yeah. I, I, don't, I think I was playing that show, too. Yeah, I think you were playing that show. I did play that show, actually, because I did dabs before I went on. I was fucking super nervous about going on. And I did it, like, two hours beforehand. Dude, and it, we, like, it rocked my world like for over an hour. And I was like, this isn't going to be good. We were on stage, like... Being like, y'all feeling this? Y'all having fun? What's going on? You guys partying or what? Well, was, and there was, was like, a private party, but it was like a private event. Well, but like, remember how how quiet the crowd was? Because <laughs> everybody's just ripped. Well, and dude, and at first, the, the lights are in our eyes, so we're like, fuck, dude, they hate us, man. Like, nobody's Did into this leave? at all. And then here? we like look down below the lights. And these people are sitting there, like the room, every chair in the room is full. <laughs> but everybody's just hanging out, and there's this haze over the top of everything. And we're going up to people and talking to them after the show, and they're like, dude, that was amazing. That was, <laughs> you guys are so fucking good. And their eyes are just like bleeding, Blue shot, yeah. dude. They weren't bloodshot. Like, my eyes right now are a little bloodshot. Your eyes right now are a little bloodshot. These people look like. They had fucking Ebola virus, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. <coughs> That's too much. That's too much. You know what I mean? I am not a proponent of, like, most abstinence-based, like, forms of, like, drug recovery. Whatever works, works. I'm for that. You know, whatever whatever works for you, works for you. My preference is, is and what I would recommend to anyone is harm reduction. You know what I mean? Like think about In what it think well think about what a specific substance is doing to you. Think about what your results you're getting and go okay, um who do I want to be in life? Like what what is the person that I want to be? You know, establish the identity of who Living you want to be. The best life you can. Yeah. And then going and then going, okay, what behavior is congruent with that identity that I wish to have? 
and does that behavior like and and if if you're using so much pot that it's or you're using so much of any substance, if you're eating as much food or or playing as many video games or having as much sex or 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 whatever or doing as many podcasts <laughs> as as to act contrary to that person that you want to be, then it's probably time to rethink that behavior, right? Sure. And I would rather see somebody make incremental but consistent marginal improvements over time and reduce the harm over time than think that if they're not doing, if they're not abstaining completely and forever, that they're somehow out of the running. You know what I mean? That they, they should just give up and and not even try. They're just giving the people what they want. Yes, they're giving the people what they want, but they are changing the chemical like composition yeah. of this substance to make it more potent and I don't I don't know about that. Well, you know what I mean? If video games are bad for you, they're trying to cut down on load times and make the frames per second you know, much greater than they used to be. And right. And they they do the same thing with... Well, we could talk about that all day. One, we do one have a show to actually do. We are doing a show. This is the show. This, this is the show right now? The, the show is you and me having conversations about stuff. And the, sometimes... Oh, shit, that is the show. Yeah. The show is just you and I talking bullshit for like five or six people. That's true. Yeah. Well... Let's continue to talk about it. I guess. Uh, Didn't you like catalog a bunch of records you wanted to talk about? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Or Sarah's dad's records, so and your records, and Sarah's records. That was that was a very very good segue, Tony. Wasn't? I was very impressed. Yeah, I, yeah. You learn I'm, from the best. <laughs> <laughs> segue records go. Um, yeah. So, so we have a huge record collection, and with the baby coming, uh, we kind of need to take stock of our resources. I've, I, I'm, I'm going to do that same thing to my record collection. you see my record collection. It's, yeah. It's big enough to do, too. It, it's get on Discogs, yeah. and you just start loading your collection under there. I've, I've been working on this for a long time, but the way that I wanted to do it, I told Sarah straight up, I was like, the way that I'm going to do this is going to give you an anxiety attack. So I'm just going to wait until you go out of town. She went to Aruba for this yoga retreat. And I was like, I'm going to do the whole thing while you're gone. So basically I wanted to pull records off of shelves and like like put them in big rows and organize them and stuff like that and put them all back, right? So I've been, I've been going through a lot of records. How many records would you say it is? Okay. Thousands? So the collection is kind of broken up into a few different subgroups, all right? There's her dad's records, which are uh, probably about eight um, one-by-one oh, I see. Uh, shelves. Actually, probably even more than that. Probably like 10 or 12 one-by-one one shelves. That, it was about— So call about 50 records per box? It was about, it was about, five, about 500 records uh, was her dad's collection. Then there's Sarah's personal collection— which is probably about two, three hundred. Actually, I'm up. I'm I'm up to seven hundred records by now, including the two of them. And then there's my records. I have 
four full like boxes of records and then Sarah also in addition to everything else has boxes upon boxes of 45s wow. so I'm, I'm I'm cataloging the whole collection um and it's going to take a while yeah it's going to take well it's I've I've got some hours put into it but uh the main thing that I've been noticing from sitting there going through all these boxes is just like how many fucking bands there are how many of them make music? How many of them put out records that nobody ever gave a shit about or that people really gave yeah. a shit about for, like, a minute? You know what I mean? I just started thinking about the vastness of the world of music and, like, how much of it is out there. And, like, you're, you're looking at, like, some obscure jazz record that's still sold, you know, stuck in hundreds of thousands of copies around the world it like a long time ago in the 1970s it does or beg something the question like why bother yeah why bother that's fun no really because it's fun that's right we do it because it's fun but that that like just the you have vastness of like that collection and that world and like how long music has been around and so then I started like watching this Frank Zappa documentary and fucking you know, listening to crazy ween playlists while I'm just, like, going through, like, these massive stacks of records. And just, uh, it is overwhelming, but it also, like, uh, really does make you rethink the seriousness oh, yeah. of any project that you're working well, on. Well, I was telling you the other day about me and Damien talking about what songs belong in the set list for the Staggers or something, you know? Oh, yeah. It's just us. Yeah, and it's, it's like, well, we have to close with this one. It's like, why? Nobody give a shit, you know? Like, there are people there who come to see the show, and obviously they enjoy it, and we're playing for them. But uh, I don't think they're really going to care. It's not going to break their damn heart. And if, they, if it really breaks their heart, they'll ask for it after you're done playing the set. <laughs> right. You know? Like, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's, just, it's all in our head. Yeah, you know what they're thinking? They're going to... Oh, they played something different this yeah. time. Oh, they didn't close with that one. Well, shit, I didn't know this set was gonna be over. I thought they always closed with that one. You huh. know, that's that's more that's more way more like it than uh, yeah. Just no, like like one of us would be. You must end the set this way. We, we, we must begin the set this way. Par- Parker and I have had this thing that we've been. Uh, Should we have the song break after two or three? No. Yeah, yeah. I think that these two sound really good next to each other, and I I don't think we should do that song because it's stupid. Just make sure you're tuned before we go on, and don't fall out of tune before the three damn songs. Yeah, so it's super serious. It's all very super serious. serious for no fucking reason. And uh, uh, P- Parker and I have had—I guess it's not really that—have ha- had a recurrent thing that I'm, I'm sure you've seen, where like I'll be like, "Oh, we should just change the arrangement in this way, and we should try doing this," and da 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 da. And Parker will be like, "I think we should just play it exactly the way that it's recorded." And I'm like, no. Why? <laughs> no way. I'm like, for what For what purpose? You know what I mean? Like, uh, it, it, they're your songs. You can do whatever the fuck you want to them. Well, I mean. You can play some, whatever some, songs well, you want he, whenever you want. Some, some of the stuff could just be, you know, you want you like the way it was recorded. You, you think that's the perfect version of it and you want to keep it going that way. I personally, like, never think of it anything I recorded was a perfect version you know I feel like anything that you record is just it's just that man it is a record it is a record of that moment in time 
Yeah. It's your it now we've gotten really artistic in our ability to capture a to uh, uh, to record a moment in time. Yeah. You know, we can add layers and do all these different things to it, but it that's still essentially all that it is is it's a very fancy way of capturing an era of something. I'm sure it's happened before, but can you think of any band that like recorded something and and it was popular or like it not even became a hit, just became popular with whoever the fuck. And then like five years later, re-recorded that song. I'm sure they're a lot better. At least they enjoyed it a lot more because there was the, let's say, 1995 version. And then like they recorded it and then here's a 2000 version. So, and, you know, can you think of anybody like that? Uh, uh, Suicidal Tendencies did that. Yeah. Yeah. Suicidal Tendencies redid Institutionalized. Mm. Um, so which version did you like better? The original. <laughs> and that's what I was just going to say. Is it's like which, which version do you when think it comes they like to better? when it comes to recording, people have their nostalgia, but you can get away with playing shit live. What version do you think they like better? I would argue that they probably like the They probably one. like the newer one better. Yeah. But uh but now that but, it's been when, so long. But when you go see yeah. any band live, I mean unless it's like there are bands that that will play their songs exactly like on the record, and to me that's kind of boring. Yeah, it's like it's like yeah, you're really good at at repeating yourself, but yeah. I kind of like to see a band write a song and then see it evolve over time. Because I think that's the word right there. Because I think I think you like. I think even when you're young and inexperienced and maybe underqualified, like you're like when you're young and you're not that great of a player yet, I think you still have far reaching vision. You know, I think you still have a far reaching idea of what you'd like to be able to do. And that's one of the reasons that your playing catches up. You know what I mean? Like you, you get better at your instrument and you increase your ability to be able to speak the language of your craft, right? Okay. And I feel like the longer that you're into it, the greater your ability to better, like the better your ability to execute what you had originally thought of comes to be. Hmm. Like... You have a vision that's way out there, and then one day you finally get good enough to, like, play it the way you initially imagined it. And I think it takes playing those songs over and over times, again, yeah. getting out there and does. doing it. It absolutely does. It, and you it, can't really do it by yourself so much, like, no. sitting at home doing it. It's, it's like performing it, practicing it, rehearsing it. Yeah. I'm, I, I, it takes a long time. I would prefer – in my ideal situation for recording an album, I would much rather have – 15 songs written and being performed and then wait a year after that to record them or six months or whatever it is as long as you were playing regularly well fortunately for you we've been <laughs> waiting two goddamn years to put this new record out you still don't play those fucking songs <laughs> hey let me ask your honest opinion I want to ask your honest opinion and I'm going to put you on the okay, fucking spot but honestly though I'm a little nervous alright Honestly, though. Honestly, though. I'll lie. I will, yo, I want the truth. Honestly, though. Um, what do you think of the new record? Which one? The new one we're working on. Like, the record's record? Yeah. 
It's good. Like, right now it's at a seven. Since keys and backing vocals came in, it bumped up to about 7.5, maybe an eight. We've been listening to the skeleton of it for a very long time. Right. Now that it's starting to come into its own, it's getting better. Yeah. But it's, it's a good record. It's a good bass. It's just still stuff. Yeah, there's still stuff. There's still to stuff done. to be done. Okay. And really, the the voice, same thing with the Staggers record. It doesn't really come into the picture of the song to my in my head doesn't really come into view until like the vocals are on it. Right. Right. And the vocals is always the last motherfucker on there. And it never sounds. And, and the vocalist is like, I'll just kind of half-ass it, and then we'll put everything together, and then I'll go in and be able to lay down what I want to put on there. Because you have everything behind you to like. Keep it. Keep in mind. Put it in your brain. No record. Now I don't know if this is a universal, a universal thing, but no record ever sounds the way that you imagined it in your head from no. the very beginning. No. Sometimes you can be surprised, and it's better than what you thought. But it's usually, at least in my experience, it's, it's never been what it's been in my head. A lot of times it's been better than what it's in my head. Sometimes it's a little worse. I don't know. When it's when it's worse too, I like automatically regret even bringing it to the band. Either band, like any band I've ever been in, you know. You start playing with the band and it starts kind of going south. And you're like, oh, now we're just sitting here for two hours on this fucking stupid idea that was my idea in the first place and it's terrible. What's always interesting. And now we have a brand new song that's garbage. <laughs> and it's all my and fault. It's all my fucking fault for you come up with this stupid fucking thing. Do you? Okay, I have a question. I have a question. This is a real question. Do you have anything that you have written and released within the past five years that you think is total garbage? Total garbage? Yeah. No. You don't think so? Past five years? Yeah. Have we released, like, shitty live shows or something? Anything on the record is not shitty. What do you mean? What are you getting at? What are you trying to get out of me here? I don't know. I was just curious. Like, like, really curious. Like, here's the thing. We, we listen to our records when we first record them, mm -hmm. and we're just over it. You know what I mean? We're over it because we've been listening to the same record forever. But then we've got to learn. Years, no. Then we've got to learn the songs off that record. <laughs> and that's a whole new challenge, right? And then... Like, I can say with absolute certainty that we just right, got... Let, let me look at the discography here. I, I can say five, with... The last five years is just these of Thunder for us. I can say with absolute certainty that we just, in the last year, got good at playing Thieves of Thunder. The song or the... The song. Uh, oh. You know what I mean? Like, it takes... So let me ask a question to you. What what in the past five years have you recorded that's been dog shit? Oh, I've made tons of stuff that's dog shit, but most yeah, but of it's... Yeah, it was it's... all before this band. Well, no, 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 no. I mean, like, I've written tons of dog shit songs uh, on my own. Oh, yes, like, you have. Like some of <laughs> Oh, yes, you have. Well, you were writing every day, and you'd tell me some of the songs, and... You knew they were dog shit, too. Don't bullshit me. Yeah, no, that was the point. You, you actually brought it up as, hey, check out this dog shit song I wrote. Yeah, the, the, the point is to write as much dog shit as you possibly can. And I got to tell you, dude, I've come up with some good fucking ideas that I've picked out. Oh, like, cheating up. Like, that, that song is fucking dog shit. That song's dog shit, cheating up? Yeah. You know what's the worst thing about it is it's dog shit that took us forever to record. <laughs> 
So that song, it. that song got written in like the old practice space. You know, it's 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 on Spotify, but it's uh it's not on the record. I don't think the copy that uh, no, it's Rodeo Star there's only a digital version. God, that's terrible. It's a bonus track. What don't you like about it? This is fucking a bad song, bad arrangement. It was like it was a, it was a bad joke that like we sh- it's, again, you shouldn't make kind of you shouldn't make jokes in the studio because then they can end up fucking costing time and money and being released and just being part of fucking history forever. But it's funny. It's not that funny. I mean, the it's it's funny because it's so shitty and stupid. It's like the fucking I was alone, I was all by myself song on fucking Green Day Dookie, man. <laughs> I guess, yeah. That song is cool. Who, who are you? Funny. Who are you? Who are you that you're so cool that you don't have to fucking ever have anything embarrassing out there in the world? Oh, it's not because I'm cool. It's just because I'm embarrassed <laughs> and I don't like it. Like, I'm uh, even more or less cool for putting it out. That's that's where that is. Hey. Oh, no. Everything in the past couple years of this looks on the up and up. No, I'm embarrassed by everything I've ever put out. Unless unless I'm listening to it by myself. You know? It, it's like listening. It's like listening to... Um, like listening to music in front of people. Like it's it's harder to listen to your own stuff in front of people than it is to listen to it on your own. Do you have that experience? I'm, I'm looking at the Steggers last record too. That's all good too. Yeah, cheating up was pretty bad. Yeah, that's the only one. Yeah, man. Make good records. What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> so don't fuck up. Don't fuck it up. Ah, uh, oh, my brain ran into the wall on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Let's smoke more of this thing. Yeah, let's uh let's take a break and do some news, shall we? Oh, it's chilly outside. Do I feel better? Yeah. Why? Because we're about to go into the news section. Oh, yeah. The new <laughs> I'm like, "Why? What are we doing?" <laughs> <laughs> Just sitting down talking by, in front by of the way, dude. I'm like I know I did the eating muffins joke a couple episodes ago, but I like I'm trying to avoid eating this apple pie on on the mic and it's like calling my name. You should dude. have taken an apple pie break. Oh, it looks so good. Like yeah. I'm so excited to eat this pie apple pie. No, I don't need an apple pie break. I can keep going. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, by the time this episode of the podcast comes out, the uh, December 8th uh, show with Fist Fight and Hydroform and uh, Smith's Grove at Lost Lake uh, is going to be over. So, um, man, stay tuned for some updates on that. You know, check out check out our channels for cool pictures yeah. and, and recordings and videos mm-hmm. and all that other fun stuff, you know. I think I'm going to have a new toy on my guitar for that show. Are you? Yeah, Bob uh, hooked me up with a pickup that uh, I can make into a single coil for my SG. So what's that going to do? Yeah, uh, you're not gonna remember. Notice. I'm a singer guy. You're not so. gonna really notice. You'll, you'll be like, "Oh, I actually heard you that time." That's probably what you're gonna notice. <laughs> yeah, it just cuts through more. It should yeah. Cool. It's, it's a different. It's a different kind of tone. Okay. I just don't like Stratocasters, and that's really the tone I'm looking for. Yeah. I got. Yeah. Find, I got to find something else out. I'll figure out a different way. Ah, you, that's stupid. You can. You can. <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah, that's it. That's a. That's a cheater pickup there. 
kind of, but uh, I'm going to do it anyway. It's gonna, well, dude, just it's get gonna, a get a switch, man, and fucking... There is. Yeah, jump between them. Yeah. Yeah. That's but that's going to be the next toy for this next show coming up. So make sure you were at that show. Yeah. <laughs> and, and critique Tony extra hard while he's trying to play with his new toy. So if you've been watching the videos and you've noticed that Tony's guitar tone is just fucking screaming, like, uh, you know, that's why. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get some new equipment here soon, eventually. I mean someday. Someday. I'm gonna get this tattoo, but it's like gonna be no. Hold on, talk to me. I want to tell you about this tattoo I'm gonna get, and I want you to draw it for me, okay? I'm gonna get this tattoo that's like it's like a three-headed bull, and like one of the heads has a cold, and like one of the heads has like a hot water bottle oh, no way. on top of it. And then like one of them's got a thermometer in its mouth. Oh, cool. And like one of them's like throwing up in a in, in a bag, you know? And so it's like a three-headed bull, right? You know who had the best and then I'll be and, but no, dude, hold on. I'm trying <laughs> to tell you a joke. And so and you know, you know what I would call it? That's my sick tri bull. Oh, that's right. It's a three-headed bull and it's sick as fuck, right? That's ah! pretty good. I do want to get that fucking tattoo. Jerry had the best tattoo ideas. No, Jerry did have a good... Well, that was my tattoo. That was idea. your tattoo idea. Oh, yeah. I know. I'm getting that shit, but yeah. Jerry... Yeah. Well, Jerry, Jerry's tattoos are a lot his, like his... His, his would come, be, become real, too. Yeah, and Jerry's tattoos are a lot like his attention span. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're kind of how I imagine the inside oh, of Jerry's brain is like. It's just like little half-finished thoughts, you know, just like... Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> just all over his body. Jerry's got like one tenth of a hundred tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? He's got some good ones. It's all like he was partying with someone and they got drunk and decided to tattoo him f- for free. Or he had like enough money for like one session with an artist or something like that. Yeah, they're pretty great. Like he's got, he's just got a piece of barbed wire. <laughs> a piece of barbed wire. Yeah, just like it, like wraps, like it wraps. Halfway it doesn't. Around his yeah, it goes halfway around his forearm. That's it. That's pretty sweet. He's like, ah, I got this much, and the guy's like, I'll do that for you. That's pretty cool. Um, December fifteenth, we're going to be at Surfside Seven with Granny Tweed. Yeah, man. Yeah. Speaking of Granny Tweed, I'm recording a track with Gordo. Are you really? Yeah. That's badass. I have the track on my phone too. What are you guys doing? He's he's got a song that he's doing. Um, I think it's called "Do the Vague," if I remember correctly. Do the, sure. vague. Do the vague. I don't know if I'm supposed to say anything about it. Oh my god. Oh man. But uh, he asked me to play lead guitar on it. I was so stoked to, to hear from him. Like, yeah, we're, I wanted to jam with him real bad. That's badass. And uh, he asked me to be on this thing. He's like, I just need ripping lead guitar. I was like, I was like, why don't you do it? You clearly can, you know. No. He he wants to hear he wants to get some of the secret sauce on there. Well, I'm just stoked to like go hang out and record. That's with really him, man. cool, man. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, he's really really good Vogue at what he does. Uh, the Vogue? Are you, is it Vogue? Is it Madonna? It's, it's come not on, Madonna. Vogue. You got to let your body move to the music. Come on, Vogue. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Keep it going, baby. January 26th, we're at the Oriental Theater. Do the vague. I was Do the vague. Right. With uh, Hank Von Hell, Against the Grain, and Dirty Few, and you. 
It's going to be a great goddamn show. That's all the shows for the winter. Uh, stay tuned for other stuff that's going to be coming out. Also got some studio sessions coming up this month. Thanks to the wonderful, beautiful, amazing people who support us through a recurrent contribution on Patreon.com slash MFRuckus. We fucking love you guys. You. You're amazing, dude. Like, I, dude, just being able to, like, pay the studio bill and fucking and pay the label and 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 pay Jake fairly and get those like dude just being able to handle the cost of these projects even a little bit has it's it's been incredible i don't i can't thank you enough guys thank you so much um what else uh new album speaking of which is coming out here in the spring mm-hmm. um man uh, have you seen any of the inkings from the comic book? Yeah, I put yeah. one on our uh, Instagram stories today, and and we've done uh, missed that one. Well, but we've been showing tons of stuff to our uh, to our patrons. We've been sharing pretty I've much seen every it through Patreon and then our band thread. Yeah, um, and uh, Jake Jake ends up sharing them um, after after a while, and uh, man, it's just it's all looking so very cool. Uh, so stay tuned for a new comic release and the album release coming up very soon. Um, oh yeah, we're going to do some VIP seating at those shows. So we're going to be launching a, uh, a special offer very soon on our Patreon page where basically, uh, anyone who signs up at a, at a certain level or higher is going to be able to, um, secure one of those high top tables at our release show coming up in the spring yeah give me a call you guys can have my seat (laughs) i'll be on stage uh yeah so we're gonna yeah we're gonna get some tables i don't know about you man i don't like to stand i want (laughs) to come i want a comfortable place to sit down and i know you do too it's it's nice to have a home base yeah it's nice to just have a place to put your shit yeah, put your jacket. You know, on. I just I brought too many things. Yeah. Oh, by the way, have you seen the new Adam Sandler stand up? Yep, Keys Wallet Phone. The Keys Wallet Phone. That shit is Keys so... Wallet Passport Phone. Yeah. Uh let's see. Oh yeah. And a tour coming up at the fall in the fall that we still can't announce yet. Um this is all brought to you by our sponsors, Matula Plumbing. Matula! This Plains, Illinois, shit rolls downhill, don't be at the bottom. Your number two is our number one priority. Your shit is our bread and butter. Matula Plumbing, this Plains, Illinois. Tell, tell Jerry the boy sent you. Nug Nation, ounce for ounce, the Nug Nation. Ounce for ounce, the best homegrown comedy in years. And that quote, of course, comes directly from the Nugville Gazette, which is a real publication that uh, that reviewed our little cartoon show. Uh, yeah, it's uh, basically like if South Park was made of weed, it's a good fucking show, man. Uh, check it out on the NugNation.com. It really is some seriously funny shit. Um, my favorite is I get to do potty talk with uh, where I do Bong Burgundy, the voice of Bong Burgundy. Hello, uh, I'm Bong Burgundy, and I get to do that shit, and, uh, and uh, oh, my God. Oh, my God, I just had a total stoned brain fart thing. <laughs> All right, we'll keep this. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, and we did, uh, uh, I got to talk to Red Man, I got to talk to Afro Man, I got to talk to Jaron Benton. The Jaron Benton one's one of my favorites. Nappy Roots, they were cool as fuck. Check it out on the nugnation.com. 
Rocket Space Rehearsal Studios. That's uh, our official practice space. It's fucking awesome. Hourly rehearsal studio rentals, fully equipped. Speaking of equipped, if you need to get equipped, go to Flipside Music. Uh, boutique style fucking specialty amps and guitars. Really, really badass place. They're pros. They've got the the best in town. Uh, Evergroove Studio in beautiful Evergreen, Colorado. That's where we're working on the front lines of good times. Album. Uh, Mutiny Information Cafe. And um, 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 Mutiny uh, Transmissions, which is, uh, we're, we're one of their, uh, the, we're part of their media division there. Where yeah. They, uh, yeah, Mutiny uh, Information Cafe, that. 2 South Broadway in uh in uh, the Baker District of Denver. Comic books, records, coffee, coffee pinball, and uh, magic shows. I just saw that they got the Alice Cooper pinball machine there, the new Alice Cooper machine. Did they? Yep. I'm going to stop by there soon because uh, I must play it. I went by there the other day, saw everybody. The place looks great. Did you play Alice Cooper pinball? I didn't see the Alice Cooper pinball. You fucked up. Yeah, I missed it. I'm going to have to go back down there. But I love an excuse to go down to mutiny. Absolutely. Um, Tony's a silly goose. Yeah, yeah. I've got that written down for some reason. Oh, and of course, big shout out once again to our patrons on patreon.com. Thank you. Slash MF Ruckus. Uh, our patrons get access to all sorts of exclusive content and cool shit in exchange for a... Uh, and a Christmas card. And a Christmas card. With all of our pictures in it. We're in Santa hats and everything. <laughs> Are we going to make a Christmas card? Possibly photoshopped. Are we going to make a Christmas card? I don't know. We should make a Christmas card. Cool. Yeah, we should make a Christmas card. It'll just be random pictures of us just photoshopped in with the Santa hats. Yep. Happy holidays. All right, it's commentary time, and we're gonna do a really incredibly stupid song that we didn't get to last week. Yeah, this is uh, this is one of your your old gems, isn't it? Um, well, this was really a, a group effort between myself and the late uh, Jordan Waliba. Mm. See, in the old days, I used to crash on Jordan's couch. What did Jordan think of all these songs? Dude, Jordan was ridiculous. Not at the time, like later on. I mean, looked back on that time fondly. Good. You know, she looked back on that time fondly. Like, we, Jordan and I had a good relationship at, at the end. Like, we, we had started to reconnect and become, you know, become friends again. Not that we weren't friends before, but we kind of, we lost touch for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, after, after she quit the band. Um, and then, you know... We started touching base when she was doing comedy at at Three Kings and stuff like that, and it started talking again. It was, we've always kind of talked on and off, but uh, one of the things that we would do when I when I lived over there is we would just me and Jordan and Jerry would just sit on the couch at that house in Highlands Ranch and just drink beers and smoke weed and watch watch cable TV. You know what I mean? Like just hang out there all the time. And uh, one of the shows that would come on late at night was Sex Talk. Absolutely. With Dr. Sue. 
Do you remember Sex Talk with Dr. Sue? Absolutely. Dr. Sue Johansson. She, she was only on late night. She was that old ass lady that would just be holding dildos. She was like old enough to be Dr. Ruth's grandma. <laughs> like this lady, Sue Johansson was an old ass lady and she taught people about sex and she was super laid back and mellow and funny and cool and great and and it made us <laughs> laugh when we were high. So fourth year freshman wrote a song called My 86-Year-Old Sex Therapist. And here it is in three, two, one. No, that's not it. Oh, that's British Nini. All right. All right, well, let's try it again. We got it. Oh, wow. They're mislabeled. They're mislabeled, huh? <laughs> well, that makes it easy. Oh, that's funny. How bad Fourth year freshman psychobabble is mislabeled on Spotify, and we just now this noticed is, this it. is British Nene. I guess this is the phone call skit. I'm yeah, listening. no, that's wrong. The point song. That is the point song. Breaking news skit. Yeah. D and D kicks butt. Yeah. <laughs> this is D and D kicks yeah. butt. All right, so which one was it? Phone call. Dude, that album. <laughs> the skits on that album are really fun. That was one of my favorite things about your band before I joined it. And I miss that about the albums, by the way. The fun, the, the, the skits and stuff like that? The, the funniest thing, one of, the, one of the most fun parts about White Fudge Records were the same thing. Yeah. All the stupid fucking skits in between all the songs. Yeah. I really, we, I, but, I, you know, when we were younger, um, you know, those old albums that would do Dude, I, wanna, I wanted to bring it back on uh, the new record, but it's like you have to think in terms of vinyl. You know what I mean? Like I was trying to add skits on the new record, and it's like you can only get so, so many much, songs on a record. So much minutes. Yeah. All right, well, here's a phone call skit, which is actually my 86-year-old sex therapist by fourth-year freshman. Mm-hmm. Off, off the, the Psychobabble Psycho album. Psychobabble album. Psychobabble album. Three, two, one. Sex therapist. She's performing cunnilingus. My 86 year old sex therapist. She'll show you how to stroke a dingus. She show you how to stroke a dingus. My 86 year old sex therapist. She's on the oxygen station. My 86 year old sex therapist. No, but she talks about how to follow penetration. If you need help with masturbation, she'll give you help with masturbation. Basically, that if you need help, my 86 year old sex therapist, she's got a giant black dildo. My 86 year old sex therapist, she keeps it underneath her pillow. She keeps it underneath her pillow. I never, how would I do that? year old sex therapist, she'll teach you how to suck a nipple. My 86 year old sex therapist, her sweet blue like this to nipple. Mr. Wibble, they're, they're like, don't squeeze the shaman. So, Jordan originally didn't jump, but then didn't make it to the order session. And so, I did it and had a ship right away. Jordan, do that voice. Just like, just like, 
wish I could supply I want you on a new head just like the other Every time we play it live. Dude, the stuff we the stuff we wrote with Jordan was fucking ridiculous. Well, it that was, was great. my eighty six year old sex therapist, uh, fourth year freshman, the Psycho Babble album from the Psycho Babble album. Man, isn't that the first time we met? We were touring on that record. Mm, no, no. I mean, maybe. Yeah, we were touring no, you guys on had that the record. Balls deep demo. I think that. Oh, was. the balls deep demo. That was when we were like starting to transition. It was the Balls Deep demo, and then, like, I think the next time you guys came through, it was, uh, oh, what's the one with the girl on the front? Dude, I think... Rock your box. Dude, I think we were, I think we were on Psycho Babble when we got to you guys. Because, honestly, Jordan had not quit that long before that, and we were kind of just, we had just kind of started touring with, with Jerry and, and Tay. Huh. Like, we were pretty fresh to it, so we were definitely... It might have been within the same year. Man. That record is tough to listen to. 86-year-old sex therapist? No, record? just that record. The that whole, that whole album record? is hard to listen to. The Psycho Babble album? The Psycho Babble album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think that's what you guys were touring on when you came to Chicago. You guys, you guys were already playing... Stuff off of what would become Balls Deep and WTHQ and stuff that like so- that. that sounds about stuff right. that would be on Rock Your Box. Yeah, because I remember WTHQ. I I feel like that Rock Your Box. Your I, I I feel like Rock Your Box was the first like real rock and roll record we did. Yeah, I would say so. Like, oh no, maybe maybe the Balls Deep demo. I don't even have any of that old shit, man. Yeah. I don't have any of it anywhere. Well, uh, how well, about we, them bears? Yeah, how about them bears? We went to uh, we we spent we spent uh, football day together. Football day. Together. Football. I was gonna say Super Bowl Sunday, but it wasn't Super Bowl Sunday. It was no. just it was just the Bears at Wyman's. Yep, that they was lost. really cool, man. They lost. But it was still really cool to see. Absolutely, fucking Louie. It was really cool to see um, you in a room full of Chicagoans. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty cool, man. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize you were watching me. Although yeah, yeah. I, I think the dead giveaway was after ten minutes after the game was over, you asked if the game was over. <laughs> <laughs> you thought the Patriots were the Bears. No, 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 no. I was just being an <laughs> asshole. That was a fun ass game. I was jumping out of my seat too. I had a really good time. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. <laughs> Are they still playing? <laughs> Wait, the game's over? <laughs> which, are the, which are the guys that we like? <laughs> Lowers like the white shirts, honey. Well, we had a, we had a podcast today. We had a podcast. Um, I would say, I would say the joint is powerful. It's just about done. It's just about done. It took an entire episode to smoke that thing. Yeah. Yep. 
so we're going to close with one from the homies. And this is uh, a buddy. These are some buddies of ours, mostly yours. Really ours. great two-piece band. Be ours. Yeah, they, they're ours. They belong to both of us. Uh, this is by a really cool, kick-ass, two-piece fucking, what would you call them, dude? Like, like dark Americana folk, I don't know, fucking jug band country type of shit? I don't know. Well, they're badass, they whatever cool. it is. They're fucking badass. Uh, this is by SS Webb. Have you picked a song? Yeah. I'm going to go with the uh, first one off the new record because the new record sounds kick-ass. It's called I Prayed. Well, right on. Well, this is SS Webb on the motherfucking podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Tony Lee. Danke schön. I prayed I'd never wake up You said that you'd had enough I prayed you'd leave me behind You said you already tried
I prayed but you called my bluff You sent a pack of my stuff I prayed that someone would hear You said ain't nobody there Transmission. You can find more podcasts, videos, books, comics, and records online at mutinyinfocafe.com. Or just stop in the store in Denver and have a coffee sometime. 